Lion Hearted Podcast. What up, what up? You are now tuned into the Lion Hearted Podcast where the feelings reside and only the strong survive. I'm your boy Maine, so let's get into it. Yep, yep, yep. Okay, so I'm back. This episode here is going to drop a little bit later than usual. You know what I mean? With that the whole, with the Super Bowl going on and different type of parties, your boy lost his voice. Uh, so I couldn't, definitely couldn't record yesterday, but now I feel a little bit more able. So I'm going to talk about the big game. You know what I mean? Super Bowl 58 between the Kansas City Chiefs and the San Francisco 49ers. And it was a little controversy going on um, uh, during the game, but I don't want that to overshadow the actual game itself. So I am going to talk about it, but I'm going to give it its own, I'm going to give it, excuse me, its own little segment within the show. That way it don't overshadow what happened actually in the game. If you've been under a rock, Kansas City Chiefs, they went back to back. You know what I mean? The first team to do it in almost 20 years. They're on a short list of people, the Patriots, my Broncos, the 49ers of the 80s, the Steelers of the 70s. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's a real small list of teams that have done it. So, I can't be no hater. Shout out to them. I'm not, you're not going to get no cheers or nothing like that, no clap hands or nothing because I'm not happy about it. I mean, I spoke on it. I My Super Bowl was going to be – the San Francisco 49ers versus the Baltimore Ravens, but it didn't play out that way. You know what I mean? And, of course, I was rooting for the 49ers. Uh, I believe in rivalries, y'all. That's just how I am. I'm built like that. I'm not rooting for no AFC West team. I've said it before. The only reason the Raiders might get a slight of a pass is because of my mama. That's it, and that's all. But other than that, uh yeah, it was, it was like I said, it was a a pretty close game. But exactly what happened, what the Niners needed to do rather, they did the complete opposite. And y'all saw the outcome. If they would have did what I said, there's no doubt in my mind they would have won that game. And what I said was Christian McCaffrey need more rushing attempts than Brock Purdy need to have passing attempts. And that wasn't the case. But it's crazy because that one simple mistake by McCaffrey, which happens, he did. He fumbled the ball in the first quarter. But that gave Kyle Shanahan out. It gave him a reason to do what he really wanted to do. They wanted to make Brock Purdy, Brock Purdy the star of the game. And he could have been the star of the game by managing the game. I'm not, see, it goes back to what Cam Newton said. Calling him a game manager is not in a negative sense. Is he playing well? Yes. But is, is he the reason? Hell no. Is he a reason? Absolutely. So when I look at the numbers, because I, I took some numbers down just so I can make sure I get it right. When I took the numbers, he wasn't inefficient. I will say that. He was not inefficient. 23 completions, 38 attempts. 
for 255 and a touchdown. 38 attempts in a game of that magnitude is way too much for Brock Purdy. I would have liked to see him around the 25 attempt mark. Because obviously, completing 23 passes, he's efficient. He's not an inefficient player. That's one thing I do like about him. He don't just throw the ball all over the field. He, he doesn't try nothing that's out of, <coughs> excuse me, that's not, I told y'all, I'm still recovering, y'all. That's out of, this, um, real, out of his realm of possibility. But just going down the line, Christian McCaffrey had 22 carries for 80 yards. That's 3.6 a carry. Just doing the quick math. He needed to be plus four. Plus four yards a carry. And he could have been. But I feel like after he fumbled, because he started the game off, they started the game off doing exactly what I said. And, you know, all my homies that I was watching the game with, all my brothers I was watching the game with, you know, they was like, damn, you said it. Because I put out the previous episode, you know, before the game. So I can kind of tell y'all how I think it's going to go, how I think it should go. And if you did listen to it, then you know what I said. If you didn't, go back and listen to uh, Season 3, Episode 1, The Big Game, and then compare what I said versus what you saw. Like I always say, I don't know everything, but I know a whole hell of a lot, though. My track record speaks for itself. But then it's like, I, I look down, okay, he had uh, 8 for 80, which is, that's 10 yards of carry. That's a first down every time he touched the ball, if you take the averages. That's a first down every time McCaffrey runs the ball. And then he had 8 for 80 receiving yards. He was the leading receiver in the game, which is not a good sign. If your running back is your leading receiver, when you got Brandon Ayuk, you got Debo Samuel and George Kittle, your running back, I don't care how great he is, should not be your leading rusher and your leading receiver. So if you look at the numbers, technically, he got together 88, that's 160. He got 160 for the game. In the Super Bowl, Christian McCaffrey needed 160 rushing by itself to make this thing work the way it was supposed to. They were, it was like, in the first quarter, they were setting it up, running it with, running it with McCaffrey, running it with McCaffrey, running it with McCaffrey. Play action, George Kittle. But then you only get George Kittle two receptions for four yards. So some of that's coaching. Because like I said, Brock Purdy was not inefficient by any stretch. I'm not going to – this is not – I'm not type of – this is not a bash Brock Purdy thing. He played very well. But Kyle Shanahan, why was me and my boy Edgar, shout out to Edgar, calling out your plays and your playbook and your formations more than you were. Why Why could we see it in UK and we was watching from home? And I, I know people are going to say it's different when you're on the sideline. Yes, it is. But I've asked many coaches, many coaches, basketball and football alike, do you see what I see during the game? The good ones, absolutely. The not-so-good ones, the game is too, it's going by too fast for them. Kyle, Henderson, Kyle Shanahan, excuse me, starting to get a track record, and it ain't like his daddy's. It's the other way. 
I mean, when he was with Atlanta, we saw what happened. Now this is what, twice with San Francisco, three times? Like, bro, you starting to get that Doc Rivers reputation. You got to, you know what I mean? It's like kind of how they used to say about Jimmy G. He'll get you there. The system will get you there, but it's not going to get you over the hump. But this is why. You don't try to make, to try to prove a point. That's The point is, if, if Brock Purdy would have beat Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl 10, 20 years from now, we it don't matter what the fuck the numbers was. All we know is Brock Purdy and the San Francisco 49ers went up against Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. And if Brock Purdy would have came on top, came out on top, excuse me, he would have been a fucking legend. And then you listen to the press conference afterwards and they and you hear the Chiefs defender say, We wanted to make Brock Purdy beat us with his arm. No shit. Sherlock, anybody that knows the game of football, that watches football, that doesn't watch it with a delusional mind just because he got on your team's jersey, knows that's the case. Again, saying that he shouldn't have to carry is not saying he's not great. Tom Brady didn't carry in his first Super Bowl. But we don't talk about that, do we? We just know the Patriots beat the Rams. That's all we know. And that started the Patriot dynasty. That's all we know. We don't go back. with. The, if you go back and look at Tom Brady rookie season, he made the right plays at the right time, and it got him where he needed to go. But was he able to put that team on his back his rookie year or his second year, which was actually his first year of playing? Hell no. And anybody tell you any different, they're, they're a liar. Or they're just a bandwagon, delusional-ass fan. You know, or either a bandwagon or a delusional-ass fan, I should say. But if you know the real, then you know the truth. And I'm in it. <coughs> Damn. Okay, y'all, I'm going to try to get through this. And then if you look at uh Pat Mahomes, like I said, 46 attempts. 38 attempts. It's too close. The, num- the number in the tip, of course, Patrick Mahomes is higher than he should be. Because that's the type of quarterback he is. Brock Purdy's attempts almost mirrored Patrick Mahomes, that is not a good sign by any stretch of the imagination. Because think about it. 23 completions to 38. Then you got 34 completions to 46 for 333. Two tubs. Pat did throw an interception, but the Niners really didn't capitalize. I think they ended up getting three points off that pick. So they really didn't capitalize it on the way they should have. And and that's with even with the great Niners defense holding down Travis Kelsey for the whole first half. But he looking at the numbers, and I didn't even know this. When I was doing my little research, I uh, it kind of blew me away. He was 9 for 93, and almost a 100-yard game in the Super Bowl. He, I didn't think he was going to get that because I was like, okay, Kittle's not playing the greatest. He's not playing good at all, but neither was Travis in the first half, so it, it was counseling each other out. And it's like you can't really okay. They both both teams forced to fumble. The defense were what the defense were. They they kind of they didn't like I said. Frisco didn't capitalize on the one turnover the way that they wanted to, which is to score touchdowns instead of field goals against the Chiefs. So you can't really and and no defense was getting outmanned or outmatched. But the one thing I will give the Chiefs credit on, or in kind of it's kind of a slight towards the Forty ers 
after the game, the stories came out like, oh, we didn't know the rules of the after the overtime because it's rare to go into overtime in the Super Bowl anyway. But they trying to say they didn't know the rules. Like, that's an excuse. Yeah, it should be on your franchise, your head coach, and the players. Everybody needs to be held accountable. You have to know in, no, in any sports, even like if you – when you go – to take it to basketball for a minute. If you in the fourth quarter and you like you ask your coach, hey, how many timeouts we got? Do we got a foul to give? It's just little things that you know. Like if we finna go out in this crucial time, and I'm not talking about when it's like eight minutes left. I'm talking about when it's a minute left. You got enough sense and enough time to turn around. Like coach, before they did the coin toss, like coach, what's the like what's the strategy here? Do we take the ball? Do we kick the ball? Do we trust our defense? Do we, you know what I mean? Like, those are the situational conversations that mainly should be had at practice. But they definitely need to be had at some time during the game. It's too many coaches. It's too many voices, too many players. Even the players ain't playing. It's a lot of people I've seen in little jumpsuits with the gold chains on. And y'all ain't got no helmet on. Y'all should be doing research. Y'all should make sure y'all players that's actually playing. You on the team, you get a ring. So you should make sure that your teammates know the rules of the game. Do I think it's kind of BS? No, I wouldn't say it's BS, but the timing was. I would have just, I, I would have had to eat that one. I wouldn't have said nothing because it makes, anytime you do something to make it, that sounds like an excuse, even if it's not, um, even if it's not intended that way, that's what it sounds like. You know what I mean? And that's when you get like, oh, here we go. After all these years, now you come with the excuses and Patrick Mahomes, like it just it just don't look right. You know, you just gotta take it on the chin and you gotta like I said, you gotta eat that one and you just gotta go. It just they was the better team on that night and they made the play the the one play that needed to be made at the crucial time that it needed to be made. But I don't know, like what's the conversation now though? Do we have a conversation about Kyle Shanahan? And because like, of course John Lynch doing a masterful job. Like, and they asked a question. They said, uh, "What would you do to for- fix? What would you do? Excuse me, to fix the 49ers? Not a damn thing. What else could you do? You got Chase Young, a second overall pick, for a bag of peanuts. We gave you Randy Gregory because he wasn't doing shit for us." And, of course, with more talent around him, you heard his name a few times uh, with that defense. They have the weapons on the outside. This is what you're going to have to do. If you don't win the big game, a la Russell Wilson on his rookie contract, carried by the Legion of Boom, and Marshawn Lynch, shout out to Beast Mode. You got to win while that quarterback's still on his rookie deal. Joe Flacco, Russell Wilson, it's certain... Certain teams and certain people, it's like, look, Lamar got his money, right? Pretty soon, because they gave Odell one for 15. Odell Odell showed he's still Odell this year. So Odell going to want that bag to stay in Baltimore. Debo going to want that bag for Frisco. Kittle going to want that bag. You know what I mean? Because right now, as far as tight ends go, it's him or George Kittle. Take your pick. But who going to set that market? Because Trav, if you look at Trav numbers, Trav got receiver numbers. He might play tight end. So 
that's what keeps the pay scale a little bit lower because, you know, different positions. But he's basically a flanker wide receiver, bro. He's not – he blocks. He doesn't block as much as Kittle. He, he can block. But he's more of a receiving tight end. I mean, he led the Chiefs in receptions, 9 for 93, like I was saying. In the most pressure moments, Patrick Mahomes, that's his go-to. And I don't blame him because Travis, I mean, he liked that. Like, I got to give him credit. Like I said, the Chiefs is my fierce rivals, but I ain't no hater. That's one thing I ain't. So I got to give credit where credit is due. The only thing I would say that the Niners did wrong, they just didn't run the ball enough. I don't know because I know it's shock, uh, ah, damn. I know it's Kyle Shanahan's offense, right? But at but at what time? Like what uh, input does the OC have? Like you know what I mean in certain situations? Because like I said, we were sitting there calling it out during the game, watching it. See, like I always say, I'm not a person that just watch the game i actually watched the game and i knew i was gonna do a podcast on it i knew i was gonna talk about it and thank god for a great memory because i can you know recall what i saw i didn't didn't really have to write nothing down because when you're in the middle of you know the super bowl having fun you ain't really thinking about that but i'm I'm watching it from a fan's perspective and I'm watching it from like a business perspective because I know I got to talk about it. So I'm paying attention a little bit more closely than some. And that's the, that's what I'll be trying to get understood. You know what I mean? It ain't, it's not on no like cocky shit or nothing like that. It's just, you know, like I said, I always thank God for the mental recollection that I do have, the good and the bad, you know, so. Yeah, but it was an amazing game. It was close. Kept you on the edge of your seat. It was some nervous moments in there. Like I said, it was overtime. So it's not like the Chiefs just ran over um, the 49ers or the 49ers was clearly better. Um, somebody did. My boy Sonny, Sonny did. My cousin Sonny did tell me. He was like, you know when Patrick Mahomes get in the playoffs, bro, he raised his level. And it's it's true. And he's a Niner fan that told me this. So, diehard Niner fan. So, watching the game, it's like, man, to know that he's only 28 years old, that is amazing. It's like, man, we, we, as fans, we never thought we was going to see dominance like this again. I mean, we've seen it from Tom Brady. But it's like, when Brady leave, now what? It was like that in the 90s when Mike left. Now what? Here come Kobe Bean. Kobe Bean's starting to slow down. Now what? King James is here. LeBron. Now it's like LeBron hanging on because it's like, now what? What American? It's going, it's plenty of international players. Jokic, Doncic, all, all, you know what I mean? Greek freak, all those. What American player? Like Edwards. Shea is. Shay from Canada, so he's international as well. So it gotta be Edwards, Jason Tatum. Like y'all gotta, y'all gotta show Brian y'all can carry the league before he leave. That's what it looked like. And so you look at it like, I mean, other than Joe Burrow, but the question about Burrow uh, to Mahomes is, can Burrow stay healthy? Josh Allen is not on that tier, so we can stop trying to put him there. NFL, he just not. The closest thing probably right now. You would say, 
in a worldwide regular season, of course, Lamar Jackson, but we talking about the playoffs. I would say Patrick Mahomes one, Joe Shiesty two, and the, even though this year was anomaly, I would put Jalen Hurts as a playoff performer before I even put Lamar Jackson because we haven't seen Lamar get it done in the playoffs yet. And this year we can't blame it on the offense because the Ravens got him everything he needed. He just didn't do. It's like they get to the biggest games and shout out to Brandon Ayuk because I seen he posted this on his story. Don't forget what got you there. Don't get in the biggest games of your life, the playoffs, one and done, and then do the complete opposite. It makes no sense. Even the 49ers, like, you won the way you won all year, keeping Brock Purdy's numbers efficient and low. He was still efficient, but 38 is a little bit high for Brock Purdy. To only give you 38 attempts to only give you 255, when Patrick Mahomes had 46 attempts, for 333. It doesn't sound like that much, but in the in the grand scheme of things and in, in the flow of the game, it actually is. They both had one touchdown for the longest. Like I said, they, the Niners didn't capitalize on the pat interception the way they wanted. They got a field goal out of it. And that last touchdown that gave Pat two touchdowns was the go-ahead touchdown in overtime to win the game. So I really don't understand the controversy or they didn't know the rules, like what rules did they think it was? Did they think it was sudden death? Did they think just because they kicked the field goal that they were going to win it? Like, nah, it's the same rules as they changed the rule because of the Bills wanted the ball back when they played Kansas City because we all said if Bills would have got another chance, it could have been different and yada, yada, yada. Like, and the NFL listened to the fans. But then now we don't know what's going on. Like, I, I wasn't surprised by nothing else happened. Y'all got a field goal, being the Niners. Then, okay, by you only getting a field goal, you get to choose the ball back, and they got a touchdown. Game over. Well, I don't understand the confusion. So that makes it sound even worse when you say it because you didn't elaborate. What didn't you understand? Because last time I checked, and he did it this time, the lead official – before he does the coin toss again, he goes over, oh, it's going to be fourth quarter rules. All uh, reviews will be done by the booth. And so it's basically after, basically the rules are after the last two minutes. So you don't get no ch no coaches challenges in the overtime. But that's all specified before it even kicks off. Somebody said, why did they put 15 minutes on the clock? It don't matter. Because we know in the Super Bowl, it, the whole 15 can run out. And they can put another 15 up there. So that don't really matter. So I, I've yet to see anybody elaborate on it. They only stopped short of we didn't understand. We didn't know the rules. Tell me what you didn't know. And then maybe, I, maybe it'll be easier to understand. But I don't think so. Because it's pretty self-explanatory. Because it's been like that for, what, the last two, three years? But, yeah, it was an amazing game. So, like I, like I was saying before, it was a little controversy. So, I was going to give it its own little segment so it didn't overshadow what happened. Like I said, shout out to the Chiefs for a great game. As far as that, uh, shout out to all my bros. Uh, my boy, Herman, happy birthday. I know I missed you in the last episode, but you reminded me. I like that because... 
that uh, you know what I mean that that was my bad. I took accountability for that. That was my bad, but that also uh tells me that my bro listened to my episode, so that's dope too. You know, shout out to like I said, my boy Edgar, Noe, Gina. Thank you. We had a great time. Like they hosted everybody. We had a great time. Pablo, uh, uh, Sareth, them, them trip was bomb, my boy. Like everybody, I don't want to forget nobody. My boy Frankie. Like all Mario, like man, all of we like we rocked out this whole season, especially the playoffs. Like man, even though I'm a Denver fan, you know what I mean. We all family, so they they always embrace me and they always they always G check me, especially especially the women. Uh, they always G like who you rooting for? They always check. So, and I'm t- like you know, ain't no way in the world I'm rooting for the Chiefs, the Chargers, or the Raiders. And then here come my mom. You know, to be draped out in Raiders. Shout out to my mom. She was, she from her jacket, shirt. Uh, she had her, oh, her purse. She didn't bring her purse, but she got the Raider purse too. She be having everything. Like, she's a real diehard. And the thing about it is, like she always say, my mom actually knows the game. She don't just play dress up. So that's one of the things she always says. So it's even dope. You know what I mean? So yeah, shout out to everybody. Like, we had a great time, great season, but, uh, Win, lose, or draw. One thing about football, three Fs, man. Food, family, and fun. It brings people together. Sports in general, but mainly football. Like you can sit there, you can have your little debates back and forth, and um you can sit there and you can have your debates back and forth, like throughout the game, throughout the season, and but at the end of the day, it's like, regardless if it's your fierce rival or you're going for the same team or whatever the case may be, it's like, at the end of the day, you realize, like, this is what brings people together. And another thing, too, and I know it's been a long time, and so I'm a little on the younger side, so I barely remember it. Like, the last time the Niners won, it's been almost 30 years, right? Not to pile on, but I'm getting to my point. But the thing about it is when my Broncos won in 2015, which is shit, we almost at the 10 year mark. See how fast it goes by. We beat the we beat the Panthers and it was like, I remember how I felt when we got our ass beat by the Seahawks 43 to eight. You see, I'm a real one. I never forget. And I was like, man, I was so dejected. Then we got back. Not the year. Two years later, we got back. We beat Brady in the AFC championship game. And then we beat Cam Newton, the MVP, all that. And I woke up the next morning, and that's when I realized the greatest part about being a fan is the chase of the championship. The players and the coaches and the franchise and everybody, they share in gratitude over the trophy. Meanwhile, as fans, we use us being a fan of our team, whatever that may be, to bring us together as friends and family. And theirs is about celebration of the championship, and our celebration comes with the celebration of camaraderie. You know what I mean? So, yeah, it was dope. And shout out to Monique for coming through, too. We had a good time, so that was dope as well. But yeah, like I was telling y'all, it, it's some controversy that that happened during the game that I'm definitely going to talk about. So if you've been with me this long, stick with me. Whether you're a consistent listener or a brand new listener, take the time out 
and hit that follow button on whichever platform you're currently enjoying Lionhearted Podcast. Again, Lionhearted Podcast is available on the Spotify app, Apple Podcasts, Pandora Radio, iHeart Radio, as well as the Stitcher app. Episodes come at you every Wednesday at 9 a.m. unless specified. So make sure you hit that follow button to stay Lionhearted. All right, I'm back. Like I mentioned several times, there was some controversy that went on during the big game, which I felt like I got to talk about it. And if you still here, shout out to you. If then what I'm about to say, if it makes you uncomfortable, I mean, you can always, you know, press exit, whatever. I'm at a point now to where it's like you realize some people going to like what you got to say. Some people going to dislike it. Some people going to love it. Some people going to hate it. It just is what it is. But as long as you tell the truth and it can be fact-checked and be considered factual, then you good. All right, so if, while you're sitting there watching the game, if you really pay attention to the game, and they kind of talked about it on the different sports platforms, but we all know they got a certain backing and a lot of backing, and they can only go so far. They can only toe the line so far, and they can't say what they really want. I ain't got to worry about that because I own my shit. They're me. I ain't got no boss. I am the boss. So what I'm speaking of, Trav, Travis Kelsey. And I love Travis Kelsey. I listen to New Heights all the time. And his brother, shout out to the Kelseys, bro. But what he did to Andy Reid, and this is kind of a shot at Andy Reid, too, because it was wrong. What he did to Andy Reid, when he came up to him, keep me in the game, coach, right after the Chiefs fumbled the ball. I get it. Sports is about passion. It happens. Emotion. It's a very emotional game. This is the Super Bowl. This is the NFL championship. I get all of that. But what I don't get, you'll get suspended if you push a referee. You know what I'm saying? Even by accident. If you brush a referee by accident, you can still get fined. You can still get in trouble. Even if it wasn't on purpose. Even if it looked like it might have been intentional, they'll get you. But you, I understand heated conversations. Coaches and players have heated conversations all the time. But as a player, there is not at, at a single point where you put your hands on the authority figure at that time, which is your coach. This is what this is why I understand rather what prime mean. Like I don't want to coach in the NFL. That's grown men. That's grown men probably making more money than I am. See, the more money you make, the lack of respect starts coming in. And I'm not saying he don't respect his coach, but the only reason why I want to bring this up is because this has happened before, but it didn't get physical. There was no bumping. There was no nothing. Y'all remember when Andy Reid was the coach of the Eagles? Y'all remember when he had a certain all-time great, as Travis Kelsey is, at receiver? Yeah, y'all remember. I'm talking about T.O., Terrell Owens. You remember when he played for the Eagles? Yeah, I'm talking about that same dude that broke his leg, came back seven weeks later, and damn near got the MVP of the Super Bowl. If it wasn't for his hating-ass quarterback, allegedly. He, he was, yet, yeah, but he was called disrespectful. He was called ungrateful when he yelled at Andy Reid. He was bucking the system. 
But then they bring Trav on the post-game show. And then he they try to laugh it off and joke it off. Oh, I'm going to just keep that between us unless the audio comes out. Because you know that's not what you... What you told them people? Oh, I was just telling him how much I love him. You hope that audio don't come out. See, now the NFL, they're not stupid. It's there. They have it. They probably heard it. I ain't never told nobody I loved him and turned red the way he was. So, they're not going to ever release that. But I kind of have an idea what you said. It wasn't just keep me in the game. But my question is, T.O. did the same thing. And he was sent home for it. This No, actually, he didn't do the same thing. He yelled the same about the game. It was about him not getting the ball or whatever the case may be. But he never put his hands on Andy Reid. You did that. And the thing about that is, and this is his teammates. This is to his teammates. Somebody was supposed to G-check, bro. Cuz was supposed to get G-checked. For real, for real. Like, I know little dude came, grabbed him, whatever, one of the running backs. Nah, one of them big offensive linemen or defenders was supposed to, you know what I'm saying? But nah, they're not going to do that. You know what I'm saying? It's one of the big money guys. That's Pat's boy. That's Pat Mahomes' homie. And I like I said, I like Travis Kelsey. But, NFL, like, it can't be different strokes for different folks. They always say we always bring color into it, race into it. But, I mean, damn. We try not to, but then this shit happened. It's like, what what reason, what did T.O. do wrong? What reason, what did T.O. do wrong that Travis didn't do? And then... Listen to, the, like I said, listening to the shows, and and I, he said this. He This came out of his mouth, so I'm not making this shit up. They asked Stephen A about it. He first, oh, he dead wrong, whatever. Then he started talking about Travis Kelsey's greatness, and nobody's denying that. But just because you're great at something doesn't mean you're above the rules, bro. Oh, he's a three-time Super Bowl champion, blah, blah, blah. That don't got nothing to do with what we saw on TV. What we saw during the biggest game of the year, biggest football game of the year. But then I thought about it. They work for Disney. ESPN is Disney. So they can only say so much. Now, I haven't heard. I, maybe he talked about it on his podcast. I got to uh, look into it and see if he talked. Because if he talked about it on his podcast, I'm pretty sure his opinion will be slightly different. But then again, I don't know, because this is the same dude that got on national TV and said, my first thought when I wake up is how do I make my bosses more money? And then he said, the second thought I have, how do I get some? I'm always going to put my fir- myself first. What can I do to improve my performance so I can make more money than I made yesterday? And if I do that, then my bosses will benefit from it. You never put yourself second behind anybody, regardless of the feelings that anybody may have. 
Why do we always have to do that? We get in positions of power and we always feel like we got to do that and we got to say that. And I'm not one of those people. I'm not a super race-baiting-ass person. I'm not like that. I don't like that. I wasn't raised like that. I got friends and family of all creeds and colors. So that's not the thing. But if somebody turned the football game on for the first time, and they're sitting there watching the game like, damn, why he do his coach like that? But then one day they're scrolling on YouTube and they see T.O. do the exact same thing to the exact same coach. But without the physicality, then you understand he got sent home. He got cut from the team. That's my only gripe with that. It's not a shot at Trav's greatness. It's not a shot at Trav as a person. I'm not saying that about him. I'm talking about the machine. NFL, what y'all going to do about it? Y'all did some of our T.O. Then y'all let Skip Bayless tear down T.O. for years and years and years and years on different platforms. He was a bad teammate. He was a cancer to the locker room, all this other stuff. That's not a good look. And we can't disguise it as passion all the fucking time. It doesn't work like that. Like, bro, like, during the basketball game, it get heated. What happened? Caitlin Clark, you can't see me. Shit, Angel Reese, she kept receipts. She remembered it. She did the same thing. Then you had all these middle-aged white men attacking her character and all this other stuff. But what did they say about Caitlin Clark? And they both came out and said they're friends. They've been talking trash. They've been playing against each other since high school. So it's not about them. But I do ask, what is the difference from what Angel Reese did to what Caitlin Clark did? What's the difference between what T.O. did? Well, I know the difference from what T.O. did because he never touched his coach. But to the masses, what's the difference from what T.O. did to what Kelsey did on the biggest stage? We need answers for that one. Oh, you guys always bring a race into it. That's two black people versus two white people. The black two black people was treated a certain way for the same exact act. The white people was treated different. And like I said, I got people that I love from all creeds and colors. So to all my white family and friends, like y'all already know. This is not no type of slight at y'all as a community. It's just, I, my eyes can't lie to me, man. I just go off what I see. If you give me many examples of the same thing, what am I supposed to think? What am I supposed to say? <coughs> and don't let it be because, oh, it's Travis Kelsey. Oh, he won the Super Bowl. Oh, he's dating Taylor Swift. None of that personal shit matters. All I'm saying is what T.O. did on the field versus what Travis Kelsey did to his coach, the same exact coach on the field. And then even Andy Reid came out and was like, oh, he kind of brushed it off. Like, oh, that's just heat of the moment, passion, whatever. But, but I remember when you said, hold on for a second. Lionheart.
All right, y'all, my bad. Um, the benefits of, not really benefits, but the I'm recording at home, you know what I mean? When people knock on the door, sometimes you got to answer. But, um, yeah, but like I was saying, uh, when Andy Reid, um, when he gave the press conference about Trav, he, like, you know, brushed it off, whatever, nothing to do with nothing. But when he gave that same statement, that same press conference about T.O., he ain't had no comment. At that time, he didn't want to talk. Nobody wanted to talk about it. You know, the only person that was talking was T.O., but when you got the coach not saying nothing, your quarterback not saying nothing, your running back not saying nothing, you don't got the owner, the GM, nobody says nothing, then you got the the media shows attacking you, attacking you, and then even if it's not necessarily the truth, when you hear something long enough, like, you start to believe it. And that's what it is. I know with my eyes that he never put his hands on his coach, but I know Trav did. I'm not saying he sat there and he punched him and he bumped him. But it was like, you know, grabbed his arm, bumped him, yelled at him. Like, it's one thing. When Tom Brady did it, again, they said it was passion. Let Jalen Hurts do that to Nick Sirianni, what they going to say. Let uh, Lamar Jackson do that to uh, John Harbaugh, what they going to say. That's the point I'm trying to make. We got too many examples of one way, then the other way, but then there is the exact same thing. There was a couple of NFL players that said something, that spoke on it, but again, that's their livelihood. So they can only toe that line, they can only go so far, and they're not going to jump over it. And I will say this again, it's not a shot at Travis Kelsey as a person. But I'm saying to the media people, you get on these shows, hold him accountable just like you held T.O. accountable all those years. Or you put that stain on T.O.'s reputation for all those years. It's a reason why he wasn't a first ballot Hall of Famer. It's a reason why he didn't make it the second time. He took T.O. three times. And it's not because his on-field, lack of on-field production. Because he's in most categories he's the second grade he's got more better stats than randy moss in a lot of the categories some got randy second some got randy third they got to second and they, of course jerry is number one but i guarantee you nobody that to has ever played with ever said that it wasn't because <coughs> excuse me it wasn't because he didn't care man it's super bowl man i'm telling y'all the super bowl took your boy down we had fun though but yeah, um, so I just wanted to give my take on that. I don't, like I said, it wasn't to make it like into like this super big deal about that. But I just, as soon as I saw it, I thought about T.O. And the fact that it was Andy Reid and I know how he handled it with T.O., he could have handled it like that with Trav. You're a leader of the team. You're the example. Pat won, you too. Or you won B or whatever the case may be, right? Now, if I'm that linebacker standing on the sideline, if the coach say something messed up me, I was like, well, shit, you didn't say shit to Trav. He yelled at you on live TV at the Super Bowl. You didn't say shit to him. I'm just saying that's the message that you bring when you do stuff like that. 
and then you try to explain it away like, oh, he raised by a great family. He has a great family. Nobody's talking about his off. Like, I'm talking about what he did versus what T.O. didn't do that they tried to claim he did. Have the same energy, basically. Have the same energy. I'm not saying cut Trav and all that, but have that same, like, hey, he was wrong. And I'm sure he know he was wrong. But Andy Reid, you the way you were sounding, you was acting like he didn't do nothing. And that's not right. But yeah, like I was saying, that's my little take on it. I mean, some are gonna agree with it, some not. Some gonna like it, some gonna love it, some gonna dislike it, some gonna hate it. Anybody that knows me, I could give two fucks. Sometimes three. So it don't matter. It just is what it is. That's life. But yeah, next I'm gonna talk about the Super Bowl, uh, about the halftime of the Super Bowl because that was amazing. So yeah, I'll be right back. If you're from California, then you know authentic Mexican food is always our go-to, whether it's our home base or we're on the go. So if you're from Bakersfield, California, or you're just passing through town on your travels, stop at Mariscos El Chavo at 3001 Taft Highway in Bakersfield, California, behind the Toro Loco Market. The hours of business are Tuesday through Sunday from 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. There's a phone number you can call 661-205-1260 and place your order. Also available on DoorDash. Dine-in or takeout is available. They also have an Instagram you can follow. Mariscos underscore L underscore Chavo. And the unique thing is, Chavo at the end is spelt with a zero instead of an O. So yeah, whether you're from Bakersfield or you're just passing through town, stop by the food truck and let them know that you heard about their business from Lionhearted Podcast. All right, last but certainly not least, we're going to talk about the Super Bowl halftime show. Uh, Usher was the main act, and he did a great. He did great. The performance was great. Now, a lot of the women that was watching it, they I, I've heard the say they wish the songs would have been a little bit longer because a lot of them Usher got a lot of females into their groove. I am not gonna lie, like it, they was turned up for Usher, and then like the surprise, the surprises that he brought out, Alicia Keys, Ludacris, Lil John. Was so happy to see Little John. It felt like I ain't seen Little John in years, but he still bring that same energy. And then uh, Luda came out with the fro blew out from uh, Southern Hospitality. Like anybody that know me know, I'm been a big Ludacris fan since 2001, since I was like 12 years old, y'all. Like that was when people ask me who's my favorite rapper. Ludacris was always at my the top of my list to the point where when I was in the eighth grade, that was my nickname. My nickname was Luda. They used to, I used to walk down the hall in junior high and people, yeah, Luda. They would just yell it out at me, so because I had the braids and then I would come with the afro sometimes. So, yeah, but it was dope. And like I said, a great performance by Usher, Alicia Keys. I thought he was gonna bring Beaver out because I did. I, I thought they was gonna sneak him in as a surprise because 
they've been close since Beaver started, so that would be dope to see. And got to give a shout-out to Jay-Z because since Jay-Z been in control of this type of stuff, there hasn't been a dud halftime show since he's been in charge, and I, and I love it. So I got to give Jay-Z credit on that. But one thing I do want to mention, and, it, and this tells a lot. All right, yeah, we was joking around because everybody knows Alicia Keys is married. She uh, Shout-out to Swiss Beats. She married to Swiss Beats. Usher is a performer. She is a performer. I wouldn't doubt that they were friends. They've done music together. I mean, he knows Swiss Beats. He knows Alicia Keys. He hugged his friend. And, of course, if you if you do a still shot picture or something like that, it could look less innocent than it was. And like Swiss said, and I loved it. I was like, y'all worried about the wrong thing. This is a black woman and a black man, and they made they making history. They're making history at a Super Bowl. Then they that was like the most watched ever. Anybody that get right there, even if it's black or even if like Taylor, let's say Taylor Swift is the halftime act. Uh, I'm just throwing a name out there, but let's say Taylor Swift is the halftime act of the Super Bowl next year. I'm pretty sure that will be fucking monumental because she has a big following. So it don't got nothing to do with black and all. I'm not like I said. I I don't move like that. But when you perform at the Super Bowl from, people still talk about, I wasn't even alive for this, or I might have been a little kid. I don't know what year it was. I need to go watch it because I haven't even watched it yet. I need to go watch it. They still talk about Prince's performance when he did Purple Rain and it started raining. Like, but all these years later, however many years it was, they still talk about it. And that's what we want to do. But y'all want to get on Instagram, you insecure-ass niggas. You men, y'all told me, oh, it couldn't be my girl and this and that. And it was funny, but Gilly had a point. So you mean to tell me you work 12 to 14 hours a day, Jimmy? You don't think your girl got Dusty Tyrone from down the block eating up your food, playing your Fiesta 5, blowing her back out while you at work? I'm not saying she is, but it's a possibility. So why is you commenting on these two people? Worry about your own house before you make sure somebody else's is clean. That's all I'm saying. Then that's the point that uh, Gilly made. Y'all were y'all wasn't talking about the performance. Y'all talking about a hug between pro- between two friends. I'm pretty sure they know each other. I'm I put my money on it. So it's not no thing. Like a person that's not insecure, they don't think like that. Like I know that, like, damn, is she Because it, it did cross my mind. Is she married? But then I'm like, shit, Swiss probably on the sideline. It don't matter. See, when you get married to somebody, and I'm going to say a little bit, but I'm going to because I'm going to do an episode tomorrow too, a Valentine's Day episode for y'all. But the one thing I will say, and I'm going to repeat it, like I said, I'm going to repeat it again tomorrow. When you get married, insecurity should go out the window. Because if it don't, why you give her a ring if you don't trust her? When you marry somebody, you do know you trust them with your life. If it ever comes down to it and she got to make the decision to pull that plug, if she your wife, I mean your legal wife, not your baby mama, not somebody you've been with for a long time. I'm talking about she got your last name, papers, all that. 
if she got to make that decision to pull the plug, yo mama don't got shit to say. Yo siblings don't got the shit to say. It, the pecking order goes the wife. Then after that, it's the children. So when you agree to marry somebody, you're saying, I full on trust you with my life. So Swiss Beats ain't tripping what y'all tripping off of. Like I said, the most of the people that I've seen, you're saying, oh, it wouldn't be me. You still waiting on the on the Snapchat reply. You still waiting on the text reply. You probably bought her all this stuff for, for Valentine's Day, and she probably ain't called you in a week and a half. But that's his wife. He ain't worried about y'all. Why y'all worried about him? Let's talk about the performance. Like I just said, it was great seeing Lil John. Lil Chris has always been one of my favorites. I know he's been in the news because of what Cat said. Three sides to every story. It's cats, looters, and then there's the truth. I wasn't there. You wasn't there. So we'll never know. But I know his music and that time frame, early 2000s, his music helped him and Eminem. His music helped me. Dave's music helped me get through the early 2000s. That was that, was that time frame. You know what I mean? I had braids because of Ludacris. I had an afro. I rocked the afro because of Ludacris. That wasn't a thing. How Ludacris used to rock the afro. That was something in the 70s. We, early 2000s, we didn't see that. Then I seen him do it. I'm like, oh, shit, I could do it too. And I, anybody that went to junior high with me, you know I used to walk around school like that. You know what I mean? Until my hair got really long, then I couldn't do it no more. But yeah, he did his thing. The only thing I would say, he should have he should have had him a little bit longer. Like the songs. Like three minutes a song. You know what I mean? And I feel like he put on such a great... Because they did say that it was the longest... I think 15 minutes or maybe a little bit over. They were the longest Super Bowl show ever, and he didn't disappoint. You know what I mean? And it was cool because you still got the jokes off, which was dope. Like, see, this is why you don't trust your girl to go to an Usher concert by herself. But that's a nod to his greatness. That's not hate. From real men, we ain't hating. That's a nod to your greatness. Now, to insecure little boys... It's a reason. It's a reason why you don't want your girl going to a concert because she don't even want to be with you. You want to know how I know? Because you probably caught her staring at that window a couple of times. You know what she's looking at? She's looking at the streets. I'm just saying. Swiss Beast ain't got to worry about his girl looking outside the window. He good. So why are we worried about it? Keep it on Usher's greatness. Because that's what he showed. You know? And literally. And shout out to all the women that watched the Super Bowl just for the Usher concert. Because they was honest about it. And we even got a good laugh at it. Because us, all the guys, we was outside. We was watching the game. They was inside. They was watching the game, talking, eating, all that. As soon as it was time for the halftime show, they all came outside with us. We watched it. As soon as it was over, they went back in. I was like, oh, yeah, they don't give a damn about the game. <laughs> they came for Usher, which is dope because what it does is it puts whether you know the rules of the game or not, or whether you're really into the game or not. What what a great halftime show of a Super Bowl does, it it puts the eyes for the NFL, and that's really what they want. That's what it's all about. I was shocked when I seen the numbers that they showed Taylor less than a minute because. Seems like during the regular season, they kept putting the camera, kept putting the camera, kept putting the camera. But less than a minute for a three and a half hour, four hour time frame, that's, that ain't nothing. 
So shout out to the NFL for knowing that they're already king and they don't need none of this extra stuff to make their product better. They they are who they are. We're going to watch football regardless. We're going to watch football regardless. You know what I mean? Our work schedule, hell, even our church schedule, we center it around football. You don't think it's no pastors that watch football? Of course. There's fathers, if you, there's fathers, priests that watch football, of course. Yeah, they got their black cloak on, but underneath that robe, it's probably a Niners jersey, a Cowboys jersey, a Rams jersey, a Raiders jersey, you know what I mean? Whatever team, Miami jersey, like Broncos, whatever. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's how important football is, but look what it does. Like I said it earlier in the episode, it brings people together. We ain't, I ain't seen Luda, Lil John, and Usher on stage performing yeah in a long time, and it was great to see. And then it made it made me realize too how old the fuck we are getting. That that in another five to ten years that will be an oldie, if it's not already. But yeah, that was just my take on the big game and how I saw it from my perspective. Like you know what I mean? So. If you stuck with me this long, of course, I appreciate you. You're probably one of my lawyer's listeners. And if you're brand new, trust me, it's more dope content. I got season one. I got 20 episodes. Season two got 30 episodes. I got five bonus episodes sprinkled throughout the the seasons. So, yeah, man, tune in. Like, And we're getting bigger and bigger every day, and, I, and that's the dopest part. And I... And above anything else, I always want you to remember, just because their vision is blurry, that doesn't diminish your greatness. Until next time, stay lionhearted. Lion Hearted Podcast.